And I just want to note that the name Salem comes from Jerusalem, which means the city of peace. <laughs> She's like, womp, womp. are you serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys fumbled the bag so hard. <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, you're listening to Spooky Science Sisters, a podcast where we present to you a science-based and probably very giggly discussion on all things strange and unusual. Today, we are finally talking about Salem, the episode that has been, I said three and a half years in the making, but you're thinking it's four? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm just splitting hairs here because it's like three and three quarters years, but- <laughs> But I just wanted to take the chance to like point out that we are only three months away from the podcast being four years old. And that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So it's been a while. (laughs) So to start off this week, we are going to share our something spooky from our trip to Salem. Yeah. So what's your something spooky from Salem? Well, first... Just remind people, if people are new or have joined, like this was like one of the original episodes that we said we were going to do Yeah, of the podcast because we were supposed to go, we started the podcast in 2020, we were supposed to go to Salem in fall of 2020. And I was like, yeah, we'll start this podcast and like, then it'll be so fun because like, we'll get to do a Salem episode and we'll actually go there. And then I was like, no, just kidding. But like, we finally fucking went. This is like the end game of Spooky Science Sisters podcast. Okay, here's the thing. You said that earlier, and like I know that you don't mean it, but like it kind of would be a beautiful ending. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It literally is though, like we've been assembling all the Avengers until now. And like now we're at the like three-part Salem special. We get to talk about our experiences, all these things. So Anyway, it's been a long time that we've been building to these episodes. Maybe we'll disappear forever after. You'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I literally have guest sisters booked for after this. So I'm proud of you. Yep. (laughs) I will be disappearing for several months after this. But (laughs) yeah, you guys will get three back to back page episodes of Salem stuff and then Paige is gonna be like okay bye see you in (laughs) May (laughs) okay so something spooky while we were there we obviously like there's so many restaurants and places in Salem where they're like oh that's haunted and there's like the ghost of the blue lady and there's the ghost of the red lady and I think where we were was like the white lady yeah or lady in white (laughs) White lady. Maybe that's what I, was. <laughs> I, I let it go. I just it was like, yeah, the white lady. Yeah, you're correct. The lady in white. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the lady in white. Okay, so this was one of our last nights there. We went to Turner's Seafood, and the food was very good. But that is not important to this story. So. 
here's the thing about Turner Seafood. The we went on the this ghost tour. We'll talk more about that later. But the thing at Turner Seafood is supposed to be the lady in white that people see, but she's also like a mischievous ghost because she like steals silverware and napkins and stuff like that. And like people will like complain that they have no silverware at their table or that like a spoon or a fork or whatever went missing. And then the waiters are just like, oh, that's just the lady in white. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I remember joking at the time and being like, really, they just like have really shitty service and they just like make the <laughs> excuse that it's actually the ghost stealing stuff. So, <laughs> which, okay, okay. They did not have shitty service. Our waitress was great. But <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, little do you guys know, Megan and I were like a disaster that entire dinner and our waitress was like so kind about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like pretty... It was the end of the trip. We had like done so much walking that day. We were like pretty zoned out. And I think there were just times where she came up to our table and we just like, we were all over the place. Like (laughs) we were either like giggling or like, or just completely so tired. (laughs) We were just like staring at each other. Just like catatonic and shoving food into our (laughs) face. She's trying to ask us how things are going and we just don't even (laughs) respond. So it was probably like, it was, I felt bad. So anyway, (laughs) okay. Long story short, mischievous ghost steal stuff off of people's tables so we're having this very silly dinner and we're at like a high top (laughs) table and at one point I was like where is my napkin like I had (laughs) definitely had a napkin (laughs) in my lap and like I looked down and I was like it is gone. And I think I asked Paige, I was like, is it on the floor? And you like ducked your head on the table and you're like, it's not on the floor. I don't see it at all. And I was like, I was so excited. I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this is my time. Like a ghost straight up stole my napkin. <laughs> <laughs> and then turns out there was just like a crack between like the bench and the wall. And the napkin just like fell into that little space and got stuck. So it was literally right next to me. It was like so perfect though. (laughs) I know. And like, here's the thing. How many people does that happen? That does that exact same same thing happen to? Because it wasn't like just our table that had that. Yeah. Anybody could have lost their napkin that way. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we took the time to like really search around and see where, where it was and like actually find my napkin but yeah I was so excited I thought it was my time and then no (laughs) (laughs) I'm just an idiot and dropped it down the crack (laughs) on the side of the table (laughs) so yeah Paige what was your something spooky from our Salem trip (laughs) So other than that dinner, like shortly after we were like leaving dinner and we're walking, I don't know, like maybe back towards the Airbnb or like a... I thought it was on the way to dinner. It could have been. (laughs) Sometime (laughs) around dinner. (laughs) It was an eventful night. (laughs) (laughs) We were like walking down the street and (laughs) we turned and coming like down the road kind of at us down like this like dark sort of like alleyway 
there's just like somebody standing with a Michael Myers. It was Michael Myers mask, right? Yeah. Okay. That that's name like, did not sound right to me for a second. And I was like, no, it's definitely. Me either when I said it. <laughs> I was like, no, it's definitely Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like standing in this sort of like dimly lit alleyway, like just staring down at, at people, yeah. which is like a total Salem thing. Yeah. Like it's just like a street performer doing his thing. But yeah. And like lots of tours, like that specific alleyway led down to the, was it the city hall? It's whatever, like whatever building that in the Hocus Pocus movie they yeah. they like go to the the parents go for the party, the Halloween party. I think it's City Hall. Yeah, uh, or at least it used to be, or whatever. But it's yeah. like that's what that alleyway leads down, and so like every tour that comes through the city, like goes comes up that alley and then like ends up back on sort of like the main shopping area stretch. But yeah. But like we saw him and just like stopped and just stared at him <laughs> and, and took pictures and, and took pictures and like waved at him and things. And it was like, as we're walking away, all I could think is like, okay, imagine being in any other city and looking down the street <laughs> and seeing somebody in a Michael Myers mask. Like, would you just stop and wave at them? Because <laughs> yeah. I think I would be running the opposite direction. Well, yeah. Like, remember how people, how freaked out people were by the people in the clown masks that were just like staring, like yeah. doing this, essentially the same thing, just like staring at thing. people. And everyone was like totally freaked out about that. And <laughs> Paige Meanwhile, and I, this was like, look. Look, <laughs> I'm just laughing and taking pictures. Like this is totally fine. <laughs> he probably could. That said, though, like if he had like really committed to the bit and started running down the alleyway, like he was far enough away that it would have taken him a while. But if he had like taken up a run at us, like I would, oh, I would have been gone. I would have shit my pants. Like. <laughs> But yeah, even like, yeah, there were already great street performers happening, even though we were uh, like a solid, well, essentially almost two months before Halloween because we were there Labor Day weekend. So, yeah. Also, (laughs) this trip really was like a dream come true. Yeah. I just had to say that because I don't know that I have yet, but like, <laughs> we had put so much time and effort into it and like canceled it so many times that it was kind of like, man, wouldn't it be a bummer if like we got there and it just wasn't as great as we thought it was going to be? And then it was like, it was even better. Yeah. It was like everything that I dreamed that it would be and then some. And it and was then some, also yeah. great because we were there for four full days. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like a solid. Four or five. Yeah. Like a solid chunk of time. And I know like there are still many things that I would like to go back and see yeah. and experience. So we're going to have to go again. We're coming back. So I guess the podcast isn't over because we'll have to go back and then <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Salem aside. We're going to get back to, like, everything we did and all the things we saw again. Yeah, this just makes me miss it. I I still, like, I scroll back through my phone and just, like, look at the photos. Like, look how... Oh, me too. Look how happy we were. I know. (laughs) My family's lucky that I came back home. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Uh, so before we totally dive into everything Salem, I wanted to do a brief follow-up from the spooky Christmas episode that Paige and I did together. So that was like the last episode at the end of 2023 before this one, which by the way, happy 2024. Yay, new year. Um, We did it. (laughs) We did something. (laughs) If you're in the US, it's an election year. So like it's already- I was going to say yay election year. It's already a nightmare. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Okay. So this comes from our patron, Mark, who I will say that we so appreciate because he is always dropping in on the Discord channel that we have, which by the way, everybody can join, but he's always dropping in to give us like feedback and just nice little messages about the episodes that we release. And so that's always just like a nice little boost. Um, but he said that in that episode, apparently I was a bit too dismissive about the connection between Wales and England, because if you'll recall, I was like, I don't know what the fuck Wales is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is a little (laughs) insensitive, (laughs) but (laughs) even like down to the name of the country, apparently. So like Pagan used to be a term that was like used by outsiders to describe faiths that were outside of Christianity or the other major religions. Turns out the words Wales, so the country, and then Welsh, so language, and then the people that that live there are derived from a like possibly derogatory term. And I quote, uh, I quote Mark here, meaning difficult foreigners. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Uh, But in like the actual language that is like in the Welsh language, they call themselves the citizens Cymru. And the country is also called Cymru, but one is spelled... So the people are is spelled C Y M R Y, and then the country is spelled C Y M R U, but they are pronounced the same. Hmm. Yes. So I could not speak Welsh. We've cleared that up very quickly. Um, <laughs> but I also had to mention I found out that the Latinized version of Cymru is Cambrian, and that is where the Cambrian or Cambrian mountains in Wales get their name, which in turn is what the Cambrian, which is a geologic time period, is named for. So I was like, oh my gosh, like we get the ultimate geology tie in here. So (laughs) it's very exciting for me. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Uh, Yeah, there will be more geology. So (laughs) brace yourselves. But in summary, Thank you so much, Mark, for calling us out for being part of the problem. Um, (laughs) But also, I want to take this chance to note that fun fact about Mark is that he is an illustrator. You can find him and links to his social media at tall2d.com. So T-A-L-L number 2 D. 
gmail.com. And everyone should go give him a boost to say thank you as well. Yeah, look at how fun some of the yeah I'm I'm looking. Oh, you're at looking. It, so. I know they're fun like right now. So yeah, so that's fun fact for you guys. Now you know what the Welsh call themselves and their country, and it sort of feels like we should all be calling it that. <laughs> 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 but it also thank helps. you, Mark. Yeah, but it also helps if you know what Wales is to begin with. So. okay (laughs) salem we're so excited there is so much that we can and want to say about salem so we are going to be splitting this into a three-part series in this first episode we will talk about the history of witch trials in europe which inform what happened in salem And we will get a start on the history of the town of Salem itself and the troubles its citizens were facing that ultimately led to this whole debacle. In part two, we will dive into the details of who was involved with the trials, a summary of how everything went down, uh, the accusations and the trials themselves, and ultimately the executions and how everything calmed down in the end. And finally, in part three, we will talk about some of the scientific explanations that have been proposed over the years to explain the events in Salem, by which I mean possible medical diagnoses or environmental factors that we're sort of like looking back with everything that we know about, you know, medical science and everything today to like try and figure out if there was something else contributing to this. And in part three, we'll take the time to share more about our own experiences in the city uh, and tell you a little bit about some of the current attractions and ghosty ghosts that are there. Yay. Yay! Oh, the other thing that I forgot to mention about Turner's Seafood and the haunted napkin is <laughs> <laughs> is that that is one of the locations that Zach Bagans and the Ghost Adventures crew visited in their Salem episode. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that would have been a real kick in like the proverbial nuts to have like my actual haunted ghost experience be like to be there where the ghost adventures crew went after i've like spent so much time criticizing them shitting on them (laughs) (laughs) that would have been like a real real middle finger (laughs) it would have been pretty cool though to everything we've done here You would have to call up Zach Baggins and say, <laughs> I'm so, hey, no. Can I join your crew? <laughs> I didn't believe in ghosts until, <laughs> what is it? Until I came face to face with one. Um... <laughs> until my napkin until disappeared. Until my napkin got stolen. Uh... <laughs> Dude, do you think like sometimes the waiters and waitresses just like walk up and like oh, slip your napkin like, off your lap? Because that's what positive. I'd be doing. Like, why wouldn't they do that? Like, why wouldn't they just right. just take things sometimes off people's tables or like never set the table correctly? Like, leave things off on purpose just to like see what happens. You get more business. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, why not contribute to those stories and, like, give people right. some fun? Oh, the other thing I thought forgot to mention is that, like, when I thought I had lost my napkin, like, I could not find it. And <laughs> <laughs> until I realized the crack was there, I just, like, <laughs> there was a table next to ours that had been, like, preset for the next round of people and no one was there yet uh and i just like leaned over and stole one of those napkins so basically somebody yeah she has created the ghost scene for somebody else i did someone yeah, else sketched that's what made me think about it like is someone else my napkin sat down it's like why didn't i have a napkin and then now they're probably <laughs> like oh my god it was the lady in white so <laughs> really it was just me no but it was just megan being an idiot <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway we will get back to all these things in part three so everybody chill out so like i said i wanted to start with an overview of the history of I guess I should specify suspected witchcraft and witch trials before everything goes down in Salem. Because A, in the scheme of things, the Salem witch trials happened at least a couple, but up to a few decades after the so-called like witchcraft craze in Europe was cooling off. And B, Salem is like sort of its own animal for like a number of sort of localized things that were going on with the people living there and yeah anyway that was not eloquent but it's fine so (laughs) so we're gonna start in europe the popularity of witch trials in europe ebbed and flowed over a period stretching from about the 15th to the 18th century so like over 300 years. Two small pulses happened in the 15th and early 16th centuries, so 1400s and 1500s, for those of us who are timeline challenged, which is like always me. Um, (laughs) The big wave of witch trials, like mostly what people are thinking of, happened in the late 16th and early 17th centuries, specifically from about 1560 to 16... 30, or as late as 1670, according to some sources. And again, this was like 500 years ago, and there's a lot of complexity here, and a lot of different countries and people and all this involved, so you're going to get some variability (laughs) in terms of the dates (laughs) that you end up with. But just to start, the overall numbers for Europe combined with the colonies in the New World, so this would include Salem, um, which would be part of British America or the American colonies, are just truly staggering. So between, again, around 1400 to 1775, about 100,000 people were tried for witchcraft, and up to 60,000 of those were executed. Importantly, it sounds like those numbers are just the conservative estimates. And in terms of executions, that's just the ones that were actually recorded. Like there was a lot of vigilante justice happening. Um, And also like times where, where it's like not even really vigilante justice. It was just like people had permission to sort of like 
act as their own judge and jury in certain situations. So not their own judge and jury, but the judge and jury for other people. Anyway, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, the peak period that I mentioned from 1560 to 1630 may have accounted for up to 80,000 accusations and 40,000 executions on its own, which is bananas. And around 80% of those executed were women and most of them were older specifically most of them were over the age of 40 or they were uh, menopausal in many cases as the great taylor swift says women like hunting witches too turns out women were just as likely as men to make accusations so i'm disappointed in the ladies here (laughs) (laughs) But also not surprised given a lot of things, (laughs) a lot of current events. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everything's a nightmare. From a debunking standpoint, which is our favorite thing, the numbers of those executed, so up to about 60,000, sometimes you see like 35,000, 40,000, again, it all varies are obviously much lower than the greatly exaggerated figure of millions of witches. Specifically, I see the figure 9 million witches that still floats around from time to time. Like, I have for sure seen that number in, like, memes somewhere on the internet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was not 9 million people who were executed during this time. And I'm not, like, trying to say that to make the actual number like any more palatable because it is still horrific. But I stand by the take home message from our pagan Christmas episode. If you're going to criticize large institutions like the Catholic church and their behavior, let's at least try to be accurate. (laughs) 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 We're nothing without the facts here. (laughs) Well, and like there's plenty to criticize for. Right, exactly. Why? Yeah. (laughs) Why try to make it look worse? Yeah. Like we don't need to exaggerate. It's horrible enough like on its own. (laughs) Okay. So how does everybody essentially across Europe end up freaking out about witches? (laughs) So before that big 16th to 17th century peak, things in Europe had been building for a while, given the Inquisition that was bent on rooting out heretics and had been ongoing since the 1230s, which is a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It doesn't even look like a real year. I know. (laughs) It was like sometimes. Which sounds really stupid to say, but like it doesn't. (laughs) Listen, our country's only been around since like the late 1700s, so... We don't understand. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so the Inquisition was apparently initially very skeptical of witchcraft as like a thing that existed, basically. But a series of papal bulls issued from around 1258 CE to 1374 CE. So like there I specified CE because like I was also like, this doesn't look like a real number. I have to specify... (laughs) 
where we are relative to year zero. Uh, <laughs> but these these bulls increasingly linked witchcraft and heresy and allowed for the prosecution of sorcery. And in case you didn't know, a papal bull, which like so many sources just like threw around that phrase like yeah i know what that everyone is. knows what that is i was like i know <laughs> what is it i was like do they mean papal bill like is this a typo it is not a papal bull is just an official decree by the pope so the more you know it has a stupid name <laughs> i stand by that god damn it <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, so we're linking witchcraft and heresy. That is important. In 1484, things escalated even further when Pope Innocent VIII, and like the irony in that <laughs> name, like you fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> Uh, little do you know like two episodes ago was like debunking pagan christmas where i was like oh my god i'm a catholic church apologist and then this episode is like fuck you guys um (laughs) uh, okay so pope innocent the eighth issued a papal bull it's so dumb that denounced witchcraft as devil worship and said that witches should be corrected, imprisoned, punished, and chastised. And like, I don't know why we had to say all four of those things because they sort of seem like the same, but whatever. The same. Um, <laughs> you really had to get the point across. Yeah, right. So a German inquisitor by the name of Heinrich Kramer is super pumped about this because his local bishops had refused to give him permission to investigate witchcraft as heresy. He goes on to write the Malleus Maleficarum, which is like an infamous book. Like I feel like probably most people listening to this podcast have heard of this before, but that means quite literally like hammer against the evildoers, or you'll sometimes see it referred to as like hammer of witches or even the witch hammer. But either way, it's published in 1487 and is essentially the handbook for hunting and interrogating witches. And like by interrogating, it means like they're torturing people. And yeah, and it's also particularly misogynistic. So like, just fuck that guy. (laughs) 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 Like, listen, if... There is a hell. I hope that Heinrich Kramer is having a real bad time right now. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) It's getting spicy. Uh, (laughs) Megan's spicy tonight. (laughs) It's late. I'm tired. Makes me spicy. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Also, I have so many asides because I just, there are so many cool they're not not cool, like, wow, that's so neat, but, like, interesting uh, <laughs> things <laughs> related to this. You're like, oh, that's connected to that, whatever. Okay, so I have to mention that I did learn that there was another book with advice for witch hunting published in 1647, so, like, quite a bit later uh, and towards the end of, you know, this whole peak period of witch hunting called... The Discovery of Witches by Matthew Hopkins. And that was like, that blew my mind. Uh, 
<laughs> so he first is the one who came up with the idea of like tying suspected witches to chairs and then throwing them in water to see if they floated and non-witches oh, cool guy. yeah non-witches would sink and like often drown so like fuck that guy too but more importantly <laughs> this is another opportunity to point out just how well author Deborah Harkness did her homework when writing A Discovery of Witches. Yeah. I was like, that it was a real witch hunting book. Yeah. <laughs> and she talks about the Malleus Maleficarum and all this stuff. I was like, my brain was exploding. And I, yeah. So every, I feel like I have to re- read those. I know. Like, I mean, I love them the first time, but now I want to read them again. Yeah. Like now I know a lot more about like history of alchemy practices Thank you to Brian and all this witchcraft stuff. And it's like, damn it. Like, I got to go get all the Easter eggs that I missed the first time around. Right. Yeah. At least we got to watch the show. Everyone go read the books. But also the show is excellent. So it's worth it. I still don't think I've watched it. We watched like one episode, but I was also asleep for most of it. So you fell asleep. Is that all you've watched? No, I've watched like the first two seasons oh okay that's what i thought but then you said that i thought you meant that you had only watched one episode and you slept through it and i was like no i I meant like we intended to like introduce you to the show because i was like you're gonna love this and then you fell asleep and then i fell asleep (laughs) during it so i was like not a great show watching companion you know (laughs) that's okay it's fine yeah it's fine it's fine uh anyway that's everyone's homework you have to watch that show (laughs) because it turns out like you don't think you, you don't think you're learning things, but like you're learning things about history of witchcraft and alchemy. <laughs> All right. So great. Everyone is hunting witches in Europe. Why are we doing this? So here are some contributing factors to the European witch hunts, which some of them do, you will see overlap with what was happening in Salem. So First, we've got a lot of political and economic turmoil happening. So this main pulse of them that happens in the late 16th, early 17th century is happening like just after slash during when we have the Protestant Reformation and then Counter-Reformation, which is also the Catholic revival going on. So while the problem wasn't necessarily Catholics accusing Protestants and vice versa, which I really thought it was, but I guess that is not accurate. Um, We've got no separation of church and state at this time. So when the church gets shaken up, so does the government and everyone has a bad time. We also have the Thirty Years' War, which takes place between 1618 to 1648. And this is a religious conflict between reformers, the Protestants, and the Holy Roman Empire. And during this time, 4.5 to 8 million people are killed. And that includes 3.5 to 6.5 million civilians. Like, I don't really know, like, what the population of Europe is at this time. I don't either. But, like, that's got to be a That feels like a chunk. lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of people. And, like, war is very expensive. And you're losing your workforce. And so, yeah. So, we've also got economic downturn and hardship affecting Europe at the time. The other big factors that come into play are environmental ones and diseases. So here's our other little geology moment. Um, 
<laughs> something called the Little Ice Age is happening between around 1300 to 1850. And this is an unusually cold period, particularly around the North Atlantic. So you've got this little like swinging climate where things just get really cold for like 550 years. And we get crop failure and famine and obviously increased disease during this time. And this included the Black Death, which peaked between 1346 to 1353. So when we start to ramp up all this witchcraft and heresy, Europe is like fresh off of losing 40 to 60 percent of their population from the Black Plague. So long story short, no one is having a good time and like desperate people start to do desperate things, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bad time was had by all. So in Europe and the colonies, and that includes like American colonies, French colonies, Spanish colonies, everyone who's over in the new world, things finally are dying down in the late 17th century and early 18th century or had died down uh, by that time. And that is coming with the rise of the age of enlightenment, which consequently was when witchcraft stopped being a criminal offense. That is not to say that prosecuting and executing people for witchcraft completely went away. There were still people who were executed well into the 1800s, but like it was under the guise of them having committed other crimes, but like really it was for witchcraft. And mm -hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't note that like persecution of suspected witches occurs to this day in some parts of the world, including like executing them, but that's like a topic for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. So things have been bad in Europe, but like by the time things go down in Salem, it's been getting better. And then Salem is like, absolutely not hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's getting better, but not like, I don't know. Where's your, where's your little picture? The plot, the graph. Yeah. yeah. I, it took me a while. Well, to you're here. like at the tail end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like... Initially, I was thinking it was, like, pretty much over. Yeah. But it's not really. It's just, like, it's it's quickly ending. Yeah. But, I mean, like, okay. So. It's, like, still very much a thing. It's just. It's still very much a thing. We are on the tail end of it when Salem happens. And, like, really, we're still looking at, like, if you look at the numbers on here. In Europe, you've still got, like, 500 to 1,000 trials per year. And I guess just like putting that in perspective, like I can say like, oh, that's so much better because the peak was like 6,000 trials per sure. year. And I'm sure. actually not sure if that's like cumulative or if, yeah, I'm not sure if these are supposed to stack. Either way, a minimum of like, you know, 5,500 to 6,000 trials per year at the peak. But like, could you imagine if there were like 500 to 1,000 witchcraft trials happening on a yearly basis in like any country in Europe or the United States now. No. Like that would no, just be. No, and that's why like to me it still feels yeah. like 
it's it was like still very much happening but yeah yeah i suppose compared to the height of it 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 wasn't so bad but but no i mean i can't imagine like (laughs) hearing about like a hundred a year (laughs) yeah even like (laughs) 10 a year would be like quite remarkable (laughs) yeah like if we heard of 10 a year in the states like i'm finding somewhere else to live to your point of whether or not things were calming down and that salem was like hold my beer we're gonna light this fire there were still like a hundred trials in europe ending an execution each year and like even in salem you know yeah they only executed 19 people so i don't know yeah but also that's 19 people in like one small tiny village versus like sure i just think that like (laughs) had had it been like the true end in europe then like the whole salem thing i i feel like would be i I don't want to say like harder to justify but i think that like because it was still pretty i mean maybe not as but like still pretty prevalent in europe that it makes sense that when things started to get bad in salem that like it's not like there wasn't like well yeah like there are witches everywhere else so maybe they're here too yeah yeah well and i should make the point that that peak in europe is like mainly accounted for by like Germany and <laughs> a f- couple other countries alone. So like some of the more remote parts of Europe and the American colonies, like the peak of witchcraft trials happens in like the early modern period happens later on, like later into the 17th century. And Salem is part of that. And so it's like, yeah, I talk about it like things are calming down. So like, what the heck was Salem doing? But it's like, well, I mean, they're thousands of miles away across an ocean at a time where we don't have telephones or like any of that shit. So it's like news spread slow. So like, maybe they just didn't get the message. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fine. Fine, Paige. (laughs) (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Well, we can finally start talking about Salem. Yay. Okay. So colonists arrived in 1626 and settled in an area that was known to the indigenous community as Naumkeg, which translates to fishing place in the Eastern Algonquian language. And I just want to note that the name Salem comes from Jerusalem, which means the city of peace. <laughs> She's like, womp, womp. are you serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys fumbled the bag so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I mean, now it's good, but not great initially. <laughs> Right. But, like, nothing was great initially, really. Well, and there's also, like, just witch trials aside, not something I thought I would be saying in this episode, but, like, naming your city 
the city of peace, like when you're building it on stolen land that you took from the indigenous people, like solid A plus work, you guys. (laughs) Good work. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. The cognitive (laughs) dissonance is real. So Salem used to include some of the neighboring cities, but is the only one that has really run wild with the witch trial history. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in future episodes. But in particular, Danvers used to be Salem Village and Peabody was a part of Salem. Several other towns were involved in the witch trials, including Andover, uh, Ipswich, Haverhill, Topsfield, and Clark. Gloucester, right? That's how you pronounce it. You did it. (laughs) Gloucester. Gloucester. (laughs) Uh, So the Salem witch trials were not the first or only witch trials to take place in the American colonies. For example, Connecticut prosecuted about three dozen people for witchcraft between 1647 and 1697 and executed 11 of them. Witch trials happened on a smaller scale across the other colonies as well. And the Salem witch trials are particularly famous because the court records are so well preserved and they accused and executed so many people in a very short time relative to everywhere else. The Salem trials lasted just over a year, during which time over 150 people were accused and, like Megan mentioned, 19 were executed. And things were generally not going well for those living in Salem in the early 1690s. They were dealing with the King William's War. Resources were running low because they were taking in people displaced by the conflict. They feared the smallpox epidemic. Tensions between families in the area were high. So things just weren't really going great for them. Yeah. And, like, that's just some of it. Yeah. And, like, they, they were also affected with by, like, this little Ice Age stuff. Like, they were having really dry summers and, like, some of the coldest winters that had been recorded. So, not great. The weather was shitty. They didn't have food. Everybody was fighting. No, yeah. They weren't happy. Yeah. But, like, were the Puritans ever really happy? I mean, were the people ever really happy? <laughs> I don't know if Puritans were allowed to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I may have just went darker than I needed to. (laughs) Has anyone ever really been happy? Has anyone ever really been happy? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, We're rewatching The Good Place, and it just reminded me of the episode when Chidi's like... This is the first time I've been happy since, oh, my God, I've never been happy before. (laughs) Oh, my God, Chidi. I get you. No, No, I understand. Anyway. um, So as we saw with the witch craze in Europe, everyone in Salem had been having a bad time. And you know what we do when we're having a bad time. We blame somebody else for our problems. I've literally never done that in my life. No, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I have for sure never taken my anger out on people <laughs> who don't deserve Not it. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of assholes do that? 
(laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't help that at this point, the idea of blaming the devil and or witchcraft for things was like pretty well established everywhere else. So yeah, why not start blaming witchcraft here too? Yeah. So it really all starts for Salem in 1692 when Reverend Samuel Paris's daughter, Elizabeth, known as Betty, reportedly became ill and began throwing fits, which included things like screaming, throwing things, and having convulsions, which like, (laughs) frankly, doesn't sound that different from how I was acting at that age. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or like now, really. Knowing what we know... (laughs) (laughs) about the puritans like some of this just sounds like kids acting up and they were like right no this must be the devil (laughs) right (laughs) we don't know what to do with this so like must be the devil we're trying to force these kids into this highly regulated environment that like their little brains are incapable of processing and dealing with like and we're just shocked that they right. emotionally lash out. <laughs> Can't it couldn't be our fault. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely Satan. We'll get to that more in part three. <laughs> yeah. So the Reverend's concerns grow when his niece, age eleven or twelve, um, who's also living with them, begins acting similarly to his daughter Betty. Uh, they believe that his niece, Abigail, must have caught whatever illness it is that Betty has. Fortunately, he sends his thoughts and prayers, and then everybody feels better. So, the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding. No, that's like the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. So famously, it all goes downhill after Betty and Abigail are struck with this mysterious illness. But that is a good stopping point for part one of this three-part series. So, yeah, that's all we have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's that's all we got. for now. Uh, So yeah, that wraps up our first of three Salem episodes. Join us next time for Salem Part 2. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. Check the show notes for links to all of our social media accounts, our Discord server, and Patreon. If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookyScienceSisters at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and stay spooky. Spooky Science Sisters is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information or to check out other shows, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. I'm Eliza, and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all, and you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt, the ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words, my story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine, or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, 
really listens, it won't be for nothing.